It is really good to have you out this morning, and uh, my name is Rich. So good just to come and worship today, isn't it? And, you know, I hope when you show up to church on Sunday, you're just not anticipating that you're going to maybe learn some new principles and, and discover a, maybe a cool little tip for life. I really hope when you show up on Sundays that you really do show up expecting to encounter God. Did you hear me? Expecting to encounter God. Because there's a big difference between knowing about Jesus and encountering, experiencing, knowing Him as the person that's alive, who's here. And I, I tell you, when we come to church on Sundays, whether you're here in the building or you're, you're online, when you come to church expecting to encounter Jesus, good things happen. And, and he loves to show up when there's faith and when there's expectancy and when we're just anticipating and we're looking forward to being with him. It's like anybody. If someone's looking forward to meeting with you and you know they're looking forward to meeting with you, there's, there's just this sense of anticipation. When you come together, it's just always so, so good. And so let's come expecting like that on Sundays because he's here. He's here. He wants to meet with you. He wants to work in your life. He wants to speak to you, encourage you, challenge you transform you. That's the God that we serve. He's so good. I um, just want to let you know really quick, uh, this weekend, so don't show up to church this coming Sunday. We're actually not going to be meeting here. Um, we are having our morning service, but it's not going to be here in this building. We're actually going to be having it on the lake at Lake Samish. And uh, next weekend is our church camp out. And uh, if you haven't signed up yet, it's not too late to sign up. There's actually on the back table there, there's these little pieces of paper that have all the information on there, the links where you need to go to sign up. And if you haven't, though, sign up. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I've checked the forecast. It is supposed to be blue skies and heat all week long, right in the next week. And so it's going to be a lot of fun just hanging out, playing games, being on the water, eating together, laughing together hearing each other snore in the tent beside you. I mean, we're going we're gonna to get tight. We're going to get tight this weekend. It's going to be really good. So make sure you, you show up. And I'm telling you right now, I am a snorer, so bring some earplugs if you're tenting, okay? <laughs> but yeah, that's coming up this week. And then uh, go camp for all of our students. Um, our big annual just before school bash is September 2nd to 5th. And the deadline for that is this um, Wednesday, August 18th, or is that Thursday? Thursday, I think. Um, August 18th is the deadline. You'll want to make sure that you sign up and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's going to be, it's going to be an awesome, awesome weekend. You won't want to miss out on that, that weekend. All right, this summer, um, we've been looking at what it means and what it takes to flourish in life. Summer is actually a really good time to, to go through a series like this. Um, there was some intentionality behind that. And the reason is because in summer, we all get to see very clearly what it looks like to flourish and not flourish. You have plants, you have trees, you have lawns that whether you know it or not, they want to flourish. Your lawn wants to flourish, but in summer, there are all kinds of elements that are fighting against your lawn flourishing. There's the blazing heat. And last week, I, I brought that flower basket that the sun just did in at our house and just withering. There's the heat. There's the bugs. There's disease. There's people walking on the lawns. There's all this stuff that is trying to make it so that your plants, your lawns, your trees do not flourish. And as you drive around town, you can see that 
that there are lawns that are flourishing and there are lawns that are not flourishing. Some lawns in town, you drive past and what do you see? These deep, green, weed-free lawns. It's just a beautiful thing. If you were to come to my yard, look in the backyard, even though it's got sprinkler systems, we've got an HOA, they take care of all that stuff, it is brown. There is dandelions everywhere, just like smothering all the grass. It's, it's not exactly um, flourishing. But flourishing, it's when, it's, uh, the, the dictionary definition of the word flourish is to grow or develop, just like that lawn, just like those plants, just like that garden, to grow or develop in a healthy and vigorous way, especially as the result of a particularly favorable environment. Does anybody here want to flourish in life? Come on, let's try that one more time. Are you awake today? Does anybody want to flourish in life? Yeah, there we go. Awesome. I get it. I get it. It's summertime. That heat just kind of zaps you, right? You just come on Sunday morning, AC, just you just want to kick, kick back and totally chill, relax. And by the way, this is a safe place. You can do that. I mean, if you just want to ch just chill out, we got like lots of space down here. You want to lay down, just like... No, don't, don't do that. That'll be weird. That'll be weird. <laughs> the way for you, though, to flourish in life, as we've been looking at this summer, is for you to uh, stay connected to Jesus. That's, that's, how, that's how we flourish. Heart, mind, soul, strength. That's how we flourish in life, is by staying connected to Jesus. And one of the key verses of this series is found in John 15, where Jesus comes along. And he says, I am the vine. You are the branches. I feel like we need that reminder every single day. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. It's this picture of flourishing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branch, branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Staying connected to him, remaining in him, it happens, we flourish as, as that happens, but that does not happen accidentally any more than your garden with all its tomatoes and sweet peas and squashes, whatever it is that you've got. It does not flourish accidentally. That garden needs to be, it needs to be given care and attention. It needs to have the weeds pulled. It needs to have water. It needs to have a certain amount of sunlight. It doesn't happen accidentally. It's intentional. And the same thing happens with us. If we want to flourish in life, if we want to have a, a life that is, we're, we're, we're just experiencing life and life to the full, like Jesus talks about, it happens intentionally. And how do we do that intentionally? It's by connecting to Jesus through what we, we call the spiritual practices. We make these a part of our our daily living. And each week this summer that we've been looking at a specific spiritual practice. Last week we covered which spiritual practice? Who was listening? Prayer. Prayer. All right, all right, all right. You get a gold star after the service. <laughs> and this week we're going to cover rest. So before we dive in, just take a nice deep breath this morning. And... And out. Hopefully you're rested today. In 1987, um, a bright young man named Kamai Suji um, had just graduated from university over in Japan, and he got this awesome new job with this securities company called Ace Securities. Kamai had a great schedule, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, perfect 40 hours a week. But it didn't take long before he realized that 9 to 5 was not going to cut it. 
if he was going to be successful in his company. See, in his company, um, he had a lot of work that he was constantly doing. He had meetings to do, letters to write to clients. He created a newspaper about new investment opportunities. He had to cold call around 200 people a day um, just to drum up some new leads. On top of this, there was the usual payments, collection, collecting payments, other tasks that needed to be done. So, realizing that if he wanted to be successful in this brand new job, right out of college, he, if, if he was going to be successful, he had to switch from 9 to 5 to 7 a.m. to 10 p.m., working seven days a week, about 90 hours a week, with no scheduled breaks. Su success soon followed. New clients started to show up. His company began to grow. Um, his paycheck got bigger and bigger. Pretty soon he's the star of the company. The, the management is just holding this guy up as just this great work ethic. The guy just cares about the company. They applauded him. He was the ideal employee, even moving into positions where he would train senior colleagues on sales. When Japan's stock bubble burst, Kamai was forced to work longer hours in order to pick up the slack until one day in October 1990, at the age of 26 years old, Kamai was in a weekend sales seminar and he slumped over and died of a massive heart attack. He had, he had no idea what it meant to rest. And although you might look at uh, Kamai's story and think, okay, wow, 90 hour work weeks, like that's just crazy out there. Yeah, no, no thanks. That's not, that's, I'll just check out this morning because that's not an issue for me. Um, you might be going, that's an extreme I just don't have to worry about. We live as restless people. For many, there, it, it might be a work week thing where your work week is just constantly spilling over into your, your weekend, into your day off. You just got no margin in your life. It's just, it's just go, 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 go. Always in a hurry. Never enough time to get things done. Um, for others, maybe, maybe you have no problem physically resting, so you have no problem just like taking a, taking a break from work. It's your, your day off, your weekend or whatever. And you've got no problem physically resting, but, but you are, your, your mind is constantly inundated with social media, with, with TV shows, with things to get done, with, with just filled with worry and anxiety and stress. Others are, are like a soldier on the front lines of the battle. And you are just constantly battling addiction, constantly battling fear, constantly battling worry, constantly battling your past. Life has just become this never-ending struggle, and you've got no reprieve, no retreat, no rest. And this morning, if you, if you find yourself agitated, always in a hurry, your mind is never able just to kind of be at peace, some part of you is always going, 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 you don't know rest. And when you're not resting well, you are not flourishing. You're not experiencing love and joy and peace and patience and all these things that, that Jesus wants us to experience in life. And this often shows up in a lot of different ways. Um, there's a guy I'm going to be referencing a lot this morning. His name is Mark Buchanan. He wrote this amazing book called The Rest of God. Super good. But, but he says that, that one of the big indicators that you're not rested enough is you, you stop caring about the things you care about. You stop caring about the things you care about. 
We, we lose concern for people. We lose concern for our church. We lose concern for friends. We stop laughing when our children laugh, and instead we're yelling at them to quiet down. We don't weep when our spouse is weeping. Instead, we're like, why can't they pull it together? Um, we, we, we hear that our neighbor is in trouble or a friend is in trouble, and then rather than caring, we find our minds quickly going to a place where we're thinking, oh man, I hope that doesn't concern me. I hope I'm not going to have to get involved with that. We stop caring about the things we care about. We're not rested. And this is a problem because God created life, not just you and me, God created life to, to rest. If it's going to flourish, rest is, is just a part of what life needs. Whether that's a bird that's flying through the sky, it needs to eventually nest. Otherwise, it's just going to come fall flat on the ground. A wheat field the life that's there, it, it can't always be worked year after year after year. No, it needs to lay fallow for a year to get those nutrients back. Even a relationship, it needs some space. It needs some time in between. If you're just constantly smothering each other, it's just, it, that relationship is going to—you're going to find that it starts to wither. A heart, soul, mind, body can't always be on the move. You and I, we need, we need rest. But it can be so elusive, can't it? Maybe you've tried to find it. You've, you've tried to experience rest. You've tried to know it. You, you just have gone after us, but, but you just can't seem to grasp rest. You try to get some physical rest. You're laying there on, maybe this summer you've been, you've been on a beach somewhere with the sun beating down, and, 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 but your mind is just not, you just can't find rest. It's going, it's talking, it's thinking about this, and it's thinking about that. Got a plan for this, got a plan for that. It's just going, 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 going. And if that's you, there's hope for you today. Listen to what your Savior, your King, listen to what your God says to you in Isaiah chapter 40. Why do you complain, Jacob? This is God talking to his people. You could even put your name in there. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, some Bible translations that maybe you're familiar with say those that wait on the Lord will do what? They will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Amen. God wants you to experience rest. And just before we get into what, okay, how do we, how do we find rest? We got to start, we got to start off by defining rest. Um, uh, this author, Mark Buchanan, in his book on rest, he describes it really well. He says that rest is an invitation at one and the same time to empty yourself and fill yourself. It's this invitation that God extends to each one of us where at one and the same time, we empty ourselves so that we might fill ourselves. It's an invitation to empty yourself of activity so that you can fill yourself with stillness, be still and know that He is God, it's an invitation to empty your calendar of those things that you ought to do so that you can fill it with those things that you really want to do. 
It's an invitation to, to empty yourself of hurry and fill yourself with a slow, attentive pace. It's an invitation to, to, to empty yourself of striving to earn approval and fill yourself with the understanding that you're God's son or daughter who is unconditionally loved and accepted. It's this, this emptying yourself so that you might fill yourself. And, and often people will, will confuse rest with leisure. We think that, that rest just is me uh, finding some leisure time. But you got to understand today, this is really important. Rest and leisure are actually not the same thing. Leisure is simply free time to do whatever you want with. In our society, when we have free time, what do we do? We, we often will fill our time with activities that actually end up depleting us, exhausting us, rather than fill us. We plop on the couch. It's, 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 it's Saturday, and it's, it's our day off. We plop on the couch. We flick on the TV, and we just binge watch eight, eight hours of Netflix. I don't think anybody has ever felt like they've been flourishing after a, a, a seven, eight, two-hour, whatever binge on Netflix. Maybe someone here is going, no, Rich, I just flourish when I'm watching eight hours. I, I don't know. <laughs> Or we wake up on our day off and we, we just spend hours scrolling through social media. That's leisure time. We go on vacations thinking that, okay, it's rest. I'm going to get some rest. It's summertime. We're going to rest. going to get replenished. So we, we plan these vacations. We're on these vacations. We're just go, 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 go. Or we get caught up in all the work that needs to be done around the house. We empty ourselves, but we, we sure don't fill ourselves in the process. Rest is emptying yourself and filling yourself in ways that are going to replenish you and cause you to really flourish in life. And the question is, well, how do we do this in a way? How do we empty ourselves so that we can fill ourselves? How do we do this in a way that actually causes us to flourish? How do we do this in a way that causes... Our, not, not only our, our body and our strength to flourish, but it causes our, our mind, our soul, it causes us as a whole being to flourish. How do we do that? If, and if your idea of rest is actually leading to a withering life, then you're not, you're not resting well because biblical rest, as God spells out in Scripture, well, it, it'll always lead to flourishing, replenishing, refreshing, ready to go and face the day. And so this morning, we're actually going to look at I think it's five. Yeah, five different, five different uh, practical action steps from Scripture that we can take in order to experience life-giving rest. So if you're taking notes, here we go. The first thing, if you want to rest well, you need to work hard. Work hard. Well, Rich, I was not planning on that being point number one. Why would you have to remind me that I got to work hard if I, if I want to rest. Well, let me just explain this really quick. So, so when I was in college, um, way long, long time ago, um, I was one of those guys that when it came to like two, three weeks before finals, for some reason, I just had a really hard time being able to rest. I just could not find a day off to, to allow my soul to be replenished. And, and there was a very, very clear reason why that was. It's because I was also one of those guys, guys, I grew up in a really, really small town of 600 people in the middle of nowhere, so my college was kind of in the city, and so I was one of those guys where when classes were done, sometimes even when classes weren't done, <laughs> um, 
I would just get with the guys and we could be off on an adventure, forget papers, forget studying, forget getting ready for exams, all that kind of stuff. It was just like play, 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 go to class and play some more, go to class, play some more, and somewhere in there try to find some time to sleep. So what would happen is that as finals got closer and closer and closer, and some of you students in the room are thinking, oh, this sounds familiar for me too. Um, as finals got closer and closer and closer, what did I have to do? I, I had to cram. And the reason I couldn't rest well in those few weeks before finals is because I didn't work well. I couldn't rest well because I didn't, first of all, work well. Rather than go to class, you know, they say look at college as like an eight to ten hour day job where you're just, you're not only going to class for four or five hours, you're actually, you're then you're going and going, you're also going to the library and you're studying and reading and doing all this kind of stuff. I didn't do that kind of stuff. I didn't work well. And if you don't work hard, you won't be able to rest well. Listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs 20. It says, sluggards do not plow in season. So it's that time of, of the, the year, day, week, whatever, where it's, it's just time to get to work, and they're, they're not plowing in season. So what happens at harvest time? They look. They look, and they look. They, they, they get stressed out. They get anxious. They're trying to—it's it's that harvest time where they should be flourishing and just eating all the— great big juicy fruit and vegetables, but they can't because they didn't work well. It's plowing time, which is hard work time, but instead they're maybe complaining about the heat or they're finding a nice tree to, to sit under and just get out of the heat. Maybe they're just binging on Netflix all day. Who knows what they're doing? But when it's harvest time, time to get filled, there's nothing. If you want to rest well, it starts with working well. It starts with, with, with hard work. This is the principle. God says you have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest. And good rest begins with putting in good work. And the work that you need to be getting done in those six days, listen, it doesn't just, we're not just talking about the work that you get paid to do. Because a lot of times what people make, or the mistake people make when it comes to their, their, their Sabbath day, you know, that day that God sets aside, a lot of times the mistake we make is go, okay, that's the day for me to do all the work around the house. That's, that's not what God's talking about here. He's not saying, hey, you've got six days of the week to get paid and all that kind of stuff, and then you got one day of rest. Oh, and that rest day, that's the perfect day to go fix the vehicle. That's the day you want to be weeding your garden. That's the day that you want to be organizing the fridge, planning your week, planning your life, repairing the sink. No. God says six days of the week. So get all the work done during the week so that when it's time to rest— You've worked hard for it and are, and are ready for it. That's the first thing. Work well. Work hard. Second thing is this. Let go of your burdens. If you want to rest well, you need to let go of your burdens. You and I, we're notorious for thinking that everything depends on us. You know, if I don't put in that extra day's work, the business is going to fall apart. If I don't worry myself silly, overthinking the future, overthinking this, overthinking that, if, if I don't just prepare for every worst case scenario, then I'll never be able to do this, never get here, there, retire, whatever it might be. If my phone isn't always on, just like always at the ready there, then, then who knows what might happen to my friends. Something bad might happen and I won't be there for them. Can I tell you something this morning that is maybe mildly offensive and encouraging both at the same time? You ready? I'm going to tell you anyway, so. <laughs> you are not as important as you think you are. You're not. Not even you, Mike. You are not as important as you think you are. None of us are. 
None of us. It's so good to know that because you can let go of the burden to be super dad, let go of the burden to be super grandma, super grandpa, let go of the burden to be the super husband, super son, super daughter, whatever that is. You know, if you turn your phone off during the evening or on your day off, this is going to shock some of you, but guess what? The world is going to keep spinning around. You're not as important as you think you are. If you get away with your spouse for a week, and guess what? The world's not going to fall apart. Your kids are going to be fine. Well, Rich, I just can't let go. There's just too much to do. There's just too many people who are depending on me. You know, I know a thing or two about being in a place in life where it's just lots happening. You know, I remember when uh, our, our, uh, our, we've got five kids, and I remember back in the day when we had, we had, all the kids were in school, and we were in three different schools, which had different start times and different activities and sports, uh, getting, moving into a new home, having to lead a growing church, to say nothing of all the obligations to our parents, to siblings, to neighbors, to community, all that kind of stuff. And then on top of all that, there's trying to keep your house in order, trying to keep everything in repair, keep your vehicles running well, all that stuff. It can be really crazy, but you know, in those seasons where it feels like I just can't let go of the burden, this text that we read this morning, Isaiah 40, it has been such a source of rest. In verse 28, God, God has a question for us. And in it, you almost get the sense that God's a little bit offended. He comes along and he says, do you not know? Have you not heard? God says, hey, I am the everlasting God, he says. Haven't you heard this? And, and listen, if you're unable to let go of all the burdens that you carry, the core issue isn't that your schedule is too full or that you have hurry issues. The core issue is that you do not know who God is. You don't know who God is. You think that he's not capable of working in your kids' lives without you. Or you think that he's not capable of directing your future unless you're just hyper-stressing about it. You think that he's not capable of carrying you and he's not capable of carrying your loved ones. Listen, rest is about faith. It's about faith. It's knowing who God is. And it's resisting this pressure to put the weight and the burden all on you and, and instead, it's, it's laying that at the feet of Jesus because he's the everlasting God. Amen. And it, he, he says, I'm the everlasting God. I made the heavens and the earth. It doesn't depend on you. You don't have to put that burden on your shoulder, he says. He says, come and just lay it at my feet. It's like he's saying, you can trust me. I, I am able. He's good. He's strong. He does not grow tired or weary like we do. He doesn't. And either he's in control or it all depends on you. Did you catch that? Either he's in control or it all depends on you. I don't know about you, but I'll take the he's in control option. Because the other option is going to cause you to shrivel up and wither like that dead branch. And what he wants you to know today is that, that it doesn't depend on you. He's God. You're not which means you can rest in him, you can take a break, you can take a breather, you can bring your burdens and lay those at his feet because he's capable, and, and, and you can relinquish that to him. Third thing is this. So first of all, what was number one? Ricard. Number two was let go of your burdens. And number three is resist that which diminishes your strength. 
Resist that which diminishes your strength. In Scripture, the, the people of God were given this one day called Sabbath. And this was actually a very, very big deal in the Old Testament where, where God tells his people, it, it wasn't a suggestion. God comes along and says, hey, the Sabbath, one of the, it's one of the Ten Commandments. Remember the Sabbath to keep this day holy. It was a really big deal. And in the book of Isaiah, we see that, that rest is both, a, uh, it's both a refusal and it's a pursuit at the same time. Listen to what Isaiah 58 says. It says, if you treat the Sabbath as a day of joy, God's holy day as a celebration, if you honor it by doing what? Refusing business as usual, whatever that looks like for you, making money, running here and there. So it's this refusal, it's this resisting. Then the Bible goes on to say, then you'll be free to enjoy God. Oh, God says, I'll make you ride high and soar above it all. That sounds like flourishing to me, doesn't it? You're going to ride high, soar high, flourish. It's both this refu refusal and a pursuit. You see, even after you've done all the work that needs to be done around your job, your pay job, even as you've done all the work that you can think of that needs to be done around your house, you know, it's that day where you're just getting ready, getting all the house stuff done. Guess what? There's still going to be work to do because what? There is always work to do. It's never ending. It is never ending. You know, if you got your house, if you somehow through a miracle of God, you got everything in your house perfect. Everything's fixed. Every blade of grass is growing perfectly straight. There's not a single weed anywhere, not a single speck of dust at all. In that moment, the toilet's going to break down. It's plumbing, whatever. The work is, is never, 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 never going to be done. And, and so rest is about, it's about resisting that stuff and, and putting that off. You have to refuse to believe that the world is resting on your shoulders. Refuse or resist doing those things that are going to rob you of your strength rather than restore your strength. Resist business as usual in your life, running here and there. But it's not just this resisting. Number four is this. It's pursue. Pursue that which replenishes you. Pursue that which replenishes you. Mark Buchanan, he puts it best. He says, the golden rule of Sabbath rest is this. And you've heard me say this here before. Cease from what is necessary. Embrace that which gives life. And then do whatever you want. That's a phrase that somebody needs to write down. Cease from what is necessary. Embrace that which gives life. And then do whatever you want. And God's plan is that we have one day out of the week. And I totally understand. We're not, we're not legalistic around here about Sabbath. We're not, we're not going... If you, if, you, if you had one, if you're working at BP and you got to work, turn around and it's 21 days in a row that, that God's just ready to spite you from heaven. No, that's not what this is. But we're not legalistic about it. But there is this one day of the week where that God's saying, this, this needs to be the pattern. Rest in your life needs to be the pattern. And he has this day called the Sabbath and it's more than a day off. It's more than going to church. It's more than eating a big meal with your family and taking a, a, a nap in the afternoon, which by the way, I love to do. On day off. It's more than that. And the Jewish rabbis back in the day, they, they would actually talk about how, how uh, it wasn't about Israel keeping the Sabbath. It was about how the Sabbath kept Israel. It's a difference. God puts this day in place to keep you, to keep you from withering, 
to keep you in a place of, of flourishing in life. And, and Sabbath, a day off is a gift. It's a tool to help you find rest. And on the Sabbath, it's about emptying yourself of that which is necessary, that which is obligatory, that which, which even though it might be good, tends to drain away vitality and strength and instead fill yourself with that which gives you life, That's that which is restorative, that which is refreshing. And, and this is a great way, you know, sometimes the, the question is, okay, well, what, on a day off, what should I do? Should I just be like sitting there doing nothing all day long? What should I do on a day off in order to be replenished and restored? And this is a great way to help you figure out which activities to say yes to on a day off and which activities to say no to on a day off. So if I, let's just take cooking a steak dinner. If for me, firing up the barbecue, slathering that steak in a nice marinade and, 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 and putting on the barbecue and throwing it on there. And if hearing that steak sizzle just like replenishes me and brings me life and joy and happiness, then yeah, that's a good thing for me to be doing on my day off. But if that's something that is like, oh, I got to cook a dinner on my day off. I got to do this or that. Then you need to figure out a way to get that out of your schedule and do something else. Maybe, you know, the, the Jewish people in the Old Testament, and even to this day, they, they get all their food ready before the day off, so they don't have to, they just have to do a little tiny bit on the day off. Whatever you got to do to get yourself in a place where you're doing those things that, that replenish you, that's what you need to do. And, and for you, what is it that makes you come alive? What is it that gets your soul just fired up? If you do that thing, you know it's, it's, it's your, your life that might be withering. You know if you do that thing, it's like, it's like someone's coming along with a garden hose and just is spraying you down, and that's going to start flourishing. What is that thing for you that makes you come alive? I would be willing to bet there are probably some people who are listening who have not done that thing in so long, they forgot, they've, they've totally forgotten what that thing is. You know, I remember my mom, this was, this was a number of years ago where my mom, um, I, I have two brothers, and my mom's a super hard worker, just go, 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 go. And um, I remember after me and my two brothers left the house, she was an empty nester, she had all this time all of a sudden, and she's like, oh, I used to paint back in the day. And she got her, her, her paint supplies that were buried in a closet, and she pulled those out, and she started to paint, and she had completely forgotten how much life that gave her. To just sit there in front of the window and draw whatever's going on out there just brought life. What is it for you that brings you life? And God says, you've got this day. It's a gift. Take the burdens of the world. Take all that stuff. Take it off your shoulders and do this thing. Do that thing. Do that thing. On your day, day of rest, say yes to those things and resist everything else. And the number five, if we're going to rest well in a way that's replenishing and, re, and, and causes us to flourish, take the time to rest in God, to rest in Jesus, and to enjoy Him for who He is. That's so key. So key. So yet this, this week— um, I am not going to stand up here this morning and tell you that I am great at resting. I'm actually not very, very good at resting. Um, it's very common for me on a day of rest to bring in some other stuff that I don't like to do. It's very common for me on a day of rest to go, okay, this is my chance to like process through this and process through that and, and whatever. But this week, I'm preaching on it, so I thought, I better have a good day of rest this week. <laughs> 
I got to make sure that if there's any week I'm going to rest well, it's, it's got to be this week. And so for me this week, it wasn't, uh, I wasn't able to actually have a full, like, wake up in the morning and a full day. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do it like, like the Jewish people do it. They, how they have, a, their day of rest is not like, go to bed on Friday night and then day of rest starts Saturday morning and goes until they lay their head on the, the, the pillow Saturday night. No, their day of rest actually starts on Friday evening and goes all the way to Saturday evening. And so it's like this 24-hour period of rest. And so I thought, okay, this week, that, that, that was going to work best for me. So Friday night at around 6 o'clock, tried to put the phone away um, and just tried to just do things that, that rested, were replenishing, were rest. And so Saturday morning comes along, and it's rest time, and I was up early, no alarm clock, just up for whatever reason. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to one of my favorite places. It's the archery range. Um, you can go there if you want. You won't find me, I promise. I'm like way back there. So I go to the archery range. It's beautiful outside. It's 65 degrees early in the morning, and the sun is just blazing. And it's just like spectacular morning. I've got my backpack with my water and my Bible and my journal, and, and I walk all the way to the back. It's beautiful. If you've never been to the archery range, you've got to go check this place out. I mean, it's got, got big trees, ponds, birds, eagles, all kinds of stuff. So I get all the way to the back, and I sit down. I pull out my uh, big grassy field way back there. I pull out, sit down in the field, pull out my Bible, and pull out my journal. And I, I, I had this, I, I just thought, okay, there's some stuff like that I just got to process through with God right now. Like I got to, like this going on, and this going on, and this going on, this going on. Now I have this space, and now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to process through all this stuff with God. And so I'm getting ready to write my, get my, my journal out and write some stuff down, and I had Isaiah 40 propped open. I read through the whole thing. As I'm reading through that, I just felt like God comes along and says, Rich, you don't have to process through stuff right now. You don't have to be thinking about the future. You don't have to be thinking about this. You don't have to be thinking about that. And it's like he came along, and it's like everything I'm preaching this morning. It's like, Rich, you don't have to have all that figured out. It's your day of rest. Don't just rest your body and lay in this grassy field that you're in. Rest your mind. Rest your soul. Rich, this day is a gift to you to just rest. And I cannot tell you how this burden just came falling away. It was like, oh, yes. I can just rest, and I can just be. I don't have to be doing. I don't always have to have my mind going a thousand miles an hour. And it was so good. It was so good. It was like Psalm 23 good, where God says, I'm going to walk you beside quiet waters, meadows, refreshing your soul, all that kind of stuff. So, so good. And I just, from that place, was able to go, okay, God, just thank you for this. Thank you for that. I don't know about you, but when, uh, if, if I'm in a good space of rest on a day off, I find I'm just attentive. I'm like grabbing that Blackberry and just like, wow, that's really juicy and really good. <laughs> I'm just seeing birds. I'm seeing eagles. I'm just, I'm, I'm noticing stuff. And when we, that's another sign that we're too busy and too unrestful is when you go through life and you just stop noticing. You stop noticing how amazing your spouse is. You stop noticing the laugh of your child. You stop noticing all this stuff. When you come back to rest and you just begin to rest in God and enjoy Him for who He is, 
That all comes back. And if you're trying to rest apart from God, you, you'll never fully flourish in life. Because as, as Isaiah 40 says, he doesn't ever get tired. Never. He doesn't ever get weary. He doesn't ever have one day come along. He's like, oh man, I'm just exhausted today. I'm just going to let the earth keep spinning and do his thing. I'm just going to rest. No. <laughs> he, he doesn't. He's always on so that you don't have to be. So that you don't have to be. And, and when you come to Jesus, he, he's the one that gives strength. He's the only one who can truly refresh, give life to your soul. Have you found rest for your soul? Where are you at? Where are you at? I think it's sad that we put, that, that so for so many people, that's what happens when you die. R-I-P, rest in peace. No, that should be part of life, where we, we just have rest. And Jesus today, he's offering it. His shoulders are strong. He's ready to carry us. He's ready to do that. In fact, he's already carried the biggest burden on the cross. And, and now he offers daily this rest for us. We, you don't have to just plow through life. Listen to, to these words that Jesus gives as an invitation to us. He says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, he says, get away with me. You'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, he says, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And this incredible invitation, Jesus extends to all of us today. He extends it to us. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, this morning, Lord, I just want to pray that, God, here, here we are in this moment today. And God, for many that are here, God, whether in the room or, or online, Lord, this, this is their day that they set aside for rest. It's the day that they set aside to, to focus on family, to focus on those things that just really matter. It's their day to pay attention. It's a day to take off that burden. But God, I, I pray for that person that, that's here in this moment and just, God, it might on the outside look like they're rested, but God, their heart and their soul and their mind is just not Lord, I don't know what it is that's causing the frantic pace in their heart and mind. God, maybe it's a family situation. God, maybe it's a future that's just full of uncertainty. God, maybe it's, it's, it's something going on at work. Maybe it's something that they, they just have to get done at the house. God, maybe it's, I don't know what it is. But God, I pray that, that God, right now in this moment, Jesus, we would just be able to give that to you to put whatever the burden is on your big, big shoulders, just allow you to be God and just, just rest in the reality that we are not. Jesus, I thank you that you do not get tired. You do not get weary. I thank you, Jesus, that your word promises that, God, when we hope in you, when we wait on you, God, you are going to renew our strength. God, we just invite you here in this moment to do that. Renew our strength. And God, if we've, been, if we've been taking on a burden, Jesus, that's not ours to carry, God, maybe you're asking us that question today. Do you not know? Have you not heard that I'm the everlasting God? And God, we've taken on too much. God, we just repent of that today. 
We confess, God, that we are not as important as we think we are. We are not God. You are. You are great. God, you are mighty. God, you are God of the impossible. You are the one, Jesus. So God, we give that to you. We give that to you. And God, I pray, Lord, that, that God, even in this moment, God, that we would just know rest. May we know rest. God, let that happen. God, God, I just believe that even in this moment, somebody's going to know rest in a way that they haven't known in weeks, maybe even months. God, as we're here in this moment, Holy Spirit, would you pour in? Would you pour in your strength? Pour in your life. God, cause those hearts and souls that are like that withering, withering plant. God, let, would you, who's the living water, just come and pour into us. Pour into our lives. God, pour in hope, pour in peace, pour in joy. Pour it in this moment. Father, we love you so much. We love you so much. God, we pray all these things in your name. As we sing this last song, um, I'm going to invite you actually to stand. And this last song is a very familiar song. It's Great Are You, Lord. And I don't know what you need to do in this last song. Maybe you've got some burdens and you just need to tell Jesus, Lord, I just lay this at your feet. Maybe you need to do that in your mind. Maybe you need to actually do that out loud. Maybe you even need to turn to your neighbor and say, hey, I've been carrying fill in the blank. And I'm, I'm laying that down this morning. Maybe you need to do that as we sing this last song. Maybe as we sing this last song, you need to make this your declaration that God, I am not as important as I think I am. You are great. Great are you, Lord. But let's, let's be people that, that are intentional about rest. We don't, we don't just hope it happens, but we go, no, we're going to be intentional about resting well. Maybe this afternoon, maybe you have all this stuff planned this afternoon, and in this moment, you just hear God say, no, today's a gift. Everything that you've got going on, it's, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. God's saying, this afternoon, just go enjoy the sunshine. Go grab a blanket. Head out to the lake. Do some swimming. Maybe some of you and your kids, you got replenished from swimming, and you haven't swam in the lake in decades. Change that today. Swim in the lake. I don't know what it is, but do something that's just going to replenish your soul. Sound good? Yeah. As we sing this last song, we're going to give you an opportunity to give back to God, and we've got our ushers at the front here. Let's give with a heart of joy, heart of thankfulness as we sing this last song. God.